Good afternoon, Los Angeles and all of Southern California. I'm Farley Malaris, and you're listening to Astrological Metaphysical Radio, the phenomenon of the 80s, on KFOX 93.5 FM, your talk alternative. Today is an astrological metaphysical topic. We're going to talk once again about the degrees of the zodiac, known as the Sabian symbols. And we're going to talk about, karmically, how you metaphysically earn these degrees, or how an astrological chart is shaped according to karmic requirements prior to birth. So this is going to be a very intense topic. It seems that the soul is a very, very complicated set of vibrations as far as we can see from a human point of view. But you see, metaphysically speaking, beyond this consciousness that we have in the physical form, the mechanics of the soul is really quite simple. (laughs) I know it might be difficult for you to believe that, but the soul definitely and most assuredly radiates to that potential window of incarnation, to that potential family of souls that it must procreate with and recreate itself with as far as getting involved with experiences and karmic lessons, I kind of see it as if you're meant to be born to one family and for some reason they don't manifest a baby, well, you could be born to somebody else in that same family of souls, or you might be born in the same neighborhood or in the same city, eventually being impelled to involvement with certain karmic situations that you must be involved with. So I don't really believe that any baby is guaranteed destined to be born to any particular family, especially in this day and age with all the unwanted pregnancies and all the abortions. Obviously, a lot of people are saying no (laughs) to these windows of incarnation that are being created for souls to come in. And obviously, it is the karma of the baby and the parents, of course, for them not to have this incarnation, this particular incarnation. But for whatever reason that occurs, Windows of incarnation constantly occur for any one particular soul. I'll give you an example. If you are in a particular karmic situation where you must gain a particular Saturn, like, for example, Saturn is in Capricorn, and if your karma is a Capricornian karma, which has to do with logic, practicality, ethics, success, ambition, career, motivation, organization, so you have two and a half years to catch that Saturn karma. That's right. Saturn will remain in a sign for two and a half years. So an entire generation of children that is born within a two and a half year segment are going to have the same Saturn. Also, if you happen to be born in a situation where you require a particular Plutonian karma, you have 12 to 16 years to catch that planet in a sign. And if you require a certain Neptunian karma, you have about 12 to 16 years to catch that sign. See, like uniqueness is more defined, not by the outer planets, the slow-moving planets, which really design generational influences, our karma of millions of souls that are coming in that need the same Pluto, the same Neptune, the same Uranus, the same Saturn, and the same Jupiter, which is pretty much the case. As many months go by, like maybe a six-month or a year period, most of those souls that are born are going to have the same Jupiter in a sign, the same Saturn, the same Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto. So the reason why generations relate to each other astrologically is because the Jupiter effect 
it is a similar philosophy among all these children that are born at the same time, within like a year period. The Saturn effect is the same karma of all this generation. The Uranus effect is the same awakening factor. The Neptune effect is the same illuminating or spiritual factor. And the Pluto effect is the same, what we call, transformational or rebirth factor. Now, where the differences come in is more with the fast-moving planets. See, like the Martian generation of children, Mars will remain in a sign on the average of two months, sometimes up to six months, but in the average, Mars will skirt through one sign in two months. So all the babies being born within that two-month period will not only have the same Jupiter through Pluto in their charts, but for that two-month period, they'll also have the same Mars in a sign. See, the closer we get to Earth and the Sun, as far as the quicker-moving planets, the more uniqueness and separation is designed. I want you to see this, because from the outer planets in, from beyond Pluto exists the oneness of God, which is ascertained, it's sustained, because as we approach Earth and as we are being born and we course through the dimensions, our soul is like a flame, and as it approaches Earth and enters the body, it literally becomes one with this whole dimension. That's why the astrology effect is so critical, it's so significant. See what I mean? And actually, that's why you have so many people with the same Plutos, with the same Neptunes, with the same Saturns, Uranuses, Jupiters, and Marses. Now, when we get down to Venus, you know, Venus skirts through one sign in 30 days. So now we're starting to reduce ourselves into babies having more uniqueness from a Venusian quality within a 30-day period. Same with Sun and Mercury. See, like Sun, Mercury, and Venus qualities, the generation effect there is like one month. So you'll get a lot of babies with the same Sun, Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto during a 30-day cycle approximate. When the uniqueness really takes hold is when we start focusing on the moon and how long it stays in a sign. And the moon will change signs every two and a half days. See, so we're really getting picky now because we start to find babies within a two and a half day period will have mostly all the same planets plus the same moon sign. Where you really start getting picky in zeroing in on character, on identity, and uniqueness is that time and city of birth. Because when you focus on the city, and when you finally focus on the time, in the eastern horizon, whatever sign is rising, and actually the sign on the horizon changes every two hours, see, then we get a baby with a different rising sign in a 24-hour period every two hours. So we'll have 12 different rising signs per day. And because the rising sign, from an astrological viewpoint, is the most potent or significant factor in the chart, the true identity factor which truly designs uniqueness, character, and personality and acts as a funnel for all the other planetary energies and vibrations to course through, then we really do get picky. Now, you know, the interesting part of astrology is that when we start getting surgical in our analysis of rising sign and moon location and all the planets, where these things are located in the chart, as far as astronomical location is the key, okay? Now, I don't know if you remember, if you've been listening to the show the past few weeks, but you would be well aware that each sign, there are 12 signs in the zodiac, Aries, Taurus, Gemini, Cancer, Leo, Virgo, Libra, Scorpio, Sag, Capricorn, Aquarius, and Pisces. And these are 12 huge stellar constellations that surround the Earth from our point of view in a belt, in a compact belt. And if you ever looked up at the planets, if you know how to find them, 
you'll notice that they all follow the path of the sun. As the sun rises and sets, and the sun rises and sets, the moon rises and sets, and all the other planets rise and set, they all follow the sun because they are all trapped in the sun's gravitational pull from the equator of the sun. And that flat energy space is called the ecliptic. That's why the sun holds the planets in line as they travel around the sun and from our point of view around the earth also, and that is called the ecliptic. Now, another word for the ecliptic is the zodiac because the sun's gravitational field from its equator is identified by the 12 zodiacal signs. That's why when we talk about astrology as a science, we're talking about location of the planets in space in those 12 zodiacal signs, those 12 stellar constellations, Aries through Pisces, which happen to be an identification point for the sun's equator, because that's a very, very powerful part of the sun. Now, also, when we start talking about these signs, we are also talking about dividing each stellar constellation, each zodiac sign, by 30 degrees, or 30 distinct parts, which we call the Sabian symbols. And you see, metaphysically speaking, when a soul incarnates on earth from beyond this dimension, when a soul chooses to be a baby, to actually live a life cycle on this planet, and to embrace a particular karmic pattern, a particular energy vibration, a particular character, a particular uniqueness, a particular definition of self, then it is absolutely essential to recognize the time of birth and the city of birth so we could actually take a look at all these planetary locations in focus, in their signs, where they're located in space, and what degree of the sign they're also located at. Because it's not an accident that you earn your degrees. And yesterday, by the way, I left out my degrees of Jupiter and Saturn. So for you real nitpickers out there, my Jupiter's 19, Sag, retrograde, and my Saturn's 25. So I left out two of my numbers. When I heard the show being replayed in my car, I realized I left those out. I make mistakes. So I got a 19 and a 25 in there too. But anyway, as we find out, you see, these numbers, numerology and numbers in astrology are so powerful Number vibrations are so incredibly intense, metaphysically speaking, that each number has a magical quality associated to it, or a magical vibration associated to it. And especially those numbers connected with zodiacal signs, like if you have a four Aries, it's going to be something very powerful, and it's going to have a tie-in to all the other fours from all the other 11 signs, but still the definition of four for each sign will be different. Well, it's not an accident that you are born with a particular assortment of planets located in a particular set of numbers in each of their signs, because this is how karma is designed for the soul. You see, like, for us, we have to sit down with a computer or a pen, piece of paper, and a calculator and try to figure out what all these numbers and all these signs mean. But for the soul, it's automatic. It's almost like waves coming in on the beach. The soul automatically knows what karma it must manifest. It's totally aware of the Plutonian, the Neptunian, the, the Uranian, the Saturnian, the Jupiterian, and the Martian karma that it has to have to get, what signs those plants have to be in. The key here is all the numbers that must be put together. See, this is like what we call a metaphysical lotto. In other words, in order for you to be born, in order for you to incarnate, your soul has to match up with this metaphysical numerical system that we call the chart system, right, the astrological chart at birth, 
which will give you the numbers you need to have for this lifetime in the signs that you occupy, the numbers you have literally earned and qualified for, for better or for worse, because some of the numbers you might have earned could make you a teacher or a philosopher or a light bearer or a herald of the new age, and some of these other numbers may signify some of your selfishness, some of your greed, some of your avarice or some of your disgust and some of your problems in past lives. And that is why when we zero in on these numbers, on these degrees that we have earned through birth, we literally plug into what our soul had in mind for a particular incarnation. See what I mean? And not all these numbers are well charged either because let's say like I have a Scorpio moon at 17 degrees with four squares on it. And when you have squares on a particular number in your chart or oppositions or in conjuncts, then obviously that number is very critical. It's important because it focuses on what you must do, what you must learn in this life cycle. And just to give you an idea, the Scorpio 17 and 17s and 20s and zeros are very, very powerful, as are all the numbers from 20 to 29. We do find oftentimes a lot more evolved vibrations around those numbers. And the lower numbers have power too, don't get me wrong. But the 17 Scorpio is a blending of spiritual and material natures, a reliance upon the wisdom of divine justice through karma cycle. Now, you know what that means? That means that I have literally been tortured emotionally in my lifetime, totally emotionally traumatized from having ulcers to nervous conditions to emotional problems moodiness, all kinds of weird things. The moon is already in fall in Scorpio at 17 with four squares on it. I have definitely learned emotionally that I must blend spiritual and material natures. I must balance the spirit and the material. A lot of people say, Farley, why aren't you spiritual all the time? Well, in order to be spiritual, in order to be high, sometimes you have to get low. In order to see what's down there low, you have to taste the low in order to reach the high. It's almost like a yo-yo or like any other rhythm. So that Scorpio 17 is a blending of spiritual and material natures, a reliance upon the wisdom of divine justice through karma. So that means when I go through my pain, I always try to find the balance and I always try to seek the justice. And that's what that Scorpio 17 karma is all about. I must have done something wrong in past lives where I was too material or too greedy are too selfish or too egocentric, and I didn't rely on justice. In fact, I was an unjust person to make sure that I would earn that 17 Scorpio moon, which happens to be the same moon my sister has, which is not uncommon. The proof that astrology works is the fact that so many children in families either have moons in similar houses or similar signs and sometimes even occupy the same degree, like my sister Melanie and myself, both 17-degree Scorpio moons six years apart, which is about a billion to one shot. So that 17 Scorpio, a blending of spiritual and material natures, a reliance upon the wisdom of divine justice through karma cycle, tells me emotionally what I have earned and what I must master for each and every degree. So you get my point? It's like this thing in astrology is so wonderful, it is so powerful, it is so magnificent and magical that if you do finally zero in on your chart, and on each and every degree that you have, and you're able to get these definitions in the Sabian symbols and understand what your soul had in mind as far as mastering or conquering or what it was that you have earned. See, these degrees of Sabian symbols, it's funny because 
when I thought of the topic yesterday, I thought to myself, earning degrees, it's like earning a bachelor or a master's or a doctorate. Well, this is much more than anything you could ever conceive of as far as a college degree, because this is your soul's power. See, so when you zero in on each and every degree in your chart, you are literally plugging into what type of vehicle and what type of elements and implements and tools that you have at your disposal because of your chart, because of the magical location and the magical time and the date of your birth that allowed you to earn these power points in the universe through planetary contact and correlation and communion with your soul. And I've been trying to really make this point the last few weeks because for many years people have been calling the show up to get their Sabian symbols, and I decided we weren't going to offer them to the public. And then something happened Christmas. Around Christmas time, the show was hurting. We needed money. And I thought, why not give them a three-month membership and ask them for a $20 donation? And so what? We'll give them a copy of these Sabian symbols. This was meant for the whole world to have, not just me, not just the foundation that trained me, but for the whole planet. So I just took it upon myself to take the donation and give those copies out. And it's so wonderful because people that have their Sabian symbols, not only can they sit down at a typewriter and type out each and every one of their degrees with the definitions of what they mean, but now we can surgically bisect and dissect everyone whenever we do their chart by zeroing in on the degrees that they have earned or that they have gotten into. If I take a look just at random here at some of the degrees that I have maybe karma with or people that I have known that perhaps have taken advantage of me or people that I have maybe been susceptible to feeling weird with, like Virgo 18. Virgo 18 is a very unusual degree. And the essence vibration for this is a search for omens. Would you believe that? A search for omens, a desire for contact with other dimensions, a need to experience the unknown. Virgo 18 degrees squares my Jupiter. And a lot of times people that have Virgo 18 may set me off, <laughs> may get me upset because they're different. And this tells you why, because this is the essence vibration of what that area of space means. And this is literally, literally, if you're trying to add up in your mind what the soul is all about and how the soul defines itself in this dimension, what it earns. I mean, literally, it's like a soul before birth pressing computer buttons and say, let's see, I need a Virgo 18, that's my moon, and I need a Sag 19, that'll be my Jupiter, and I need a Uranus 15, and it all happens so quick in such a flash because the soul prior to birth is so evolved and so wise that it could feel the vibration of all the signs and all the numbers that are involved for whenever windows of incarnation are possible. See what I mean? And so even if it doesn't catch a moon at 18 Virgo, well, maybe it'll catch the rising at 18 Virgo, but it'll still get the number that it's earned, the degree it's qualified karmically for, and for that reason, when it is born, it can live a certain life, a certain purpose with a specified vehicle, a significant vehicle of consciousness and vibration, which is what astrology gives us. So astrology is totally metaphysical. It is totally about karma. It's totally about evolution of the soul. And the true secret of astrology lies in the degrees of the zodiac, the 360 degrees. And if I've said before, we don't give a zero in the Sabian symbols. What we do is because there's such a close overlap is that we show a 30 for each sign instead. So when you're reading a zero, you go to the sign preceding it 
look for 30 and combine that with the 1 in the sign that it's in. Like if you're a 0 Scorpio rising, you would look to 30 Libra, and then you would look to 1 Scorpio and combine those meanings to find out what the 0 means. Because the 0 is so close to being both signs that we offer both explanations in the Sabian symbols. Now, as part of today's show, and in lieu of a question you might have, once again, I will read you the definition of one degree of the zodiac, your choice. I don't care whether it's your sun, your moon, your rising, your Mars, if you want to see if you can prove this. And this topic usually blows people's minds because when they hear their essence vibration of the degree that they're talking about, they get a chill because they realize this is what their soul truly is, that degree of the zodiac. If you don't have your chart, gosh, I really, I have to say I feel sorry for you. I don't think my life really started until I had my chart. I didn't get myself charted until I was about 25. I was like a goofball until then. When I found out about my astrology chart and the Scorpio, Libra, Leo, Sag, Gemini, Cancer stuff in my essence, in my vibration, I freaked out. I thought, no matter all these things about my personality are so different and unique, it just opens up a whole new world of understanding and awareness when you get your chart. So I have to say, I do feel sorry for you, because I know there's a lot of people that listen to this show all the time, and they still haven't got their chart. And you know what? All the members of the Astrology Hour Club Network, they feel sorry for you, too. And really, they do, because they realize the power this show offers, and until you get your chart, you really cannot understand this show and the full delivery, the full purpose of what this show is all about. And I'm telling you, when I got into astrology, man, what a cosmic orgasm that was. I was such a seeker of knowledge and truth in my life. I just went everywhere. I checked every religion almost and just every philosophy and tried anything to remove this crap, this fog, this veil, this cover-up of what is true, what is real. And when I got into astrology, I just, man, I've been vibing out ever since. It's very blissful for me to teach it. You know, I can't teach it all day long, but from 12 noon to 1 o'clock, I can handle it. I can get excited about it. I don't want you to think I live, eat, breathe, and think astrology. No way. I couldn't do that and exist for five years on the radio. But when it comes to 12 noon, I get pumped up for it. You know, some women especially meet me, and they can't believe that I'm not as into astrology as they are. Hey, I've been doing this for 15 years. Like, it's part of my mindset now. I got the transits and the ephemeris and the aspects and the progressions and the compatibility all in my brain. I don't have to think about it and talk about it all the time. But when it comes to 12 noon, I know there's people out there who want to listen. So I teach them for that reason. You know, and I share the light and share the knowledge and the power that I have learned that works for me. And that's what this show is all about. That's why the Astrology Hour is a unique talk radio show. Not only do you get console, but you also get open-minded philosophies at the same time, dedicated to open-minded thinking, the non-formation of bottom lines, and the search for further truth. That's what this show is all about. 